0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. I hope that your week is off to a good start. We have a lot to cover. In this podcast, in the first half, we're going to talk about the latest news. There is some news to discuss. Uh, We have to talk about quarterbacks, because who doesn't love talking about quarterbacks? In the second half, I'm going to dive headfirst, as I always do, into the mailbag segment, where you, the Ride or Die crew, ask questions, and I answer every single one of them. A very active Q and A today with the mailbag, so make sure you stay tuned for all of that. All right, let's get started with the news. So the NFL playoffs wrapped up, and I recorded on Monday a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, I had my buddy Chris Carter on, so if you missed that podcast, go back and check out the Monday morning conversation. Other than that, though, I hadn't watched all of the playoffs yet. Obviously, the night game hadn't taken place, and uh, the Bills and the Bengals had just wrapped up. I thought it was good playoffs. I I thought that the games were pretty solid. Um, I was happy that there's no neutral field that I was very happy about that. I, that's my kids ask, who are you rooting for? The answer is always the same. No one. But at the same time, what I was hoping for was hoping for that not to have a neutral field based on the fact that I thought the NFL was just going to run with it. And if they saw success and they'd already sold 50,000 tickets for the potential of a neutral site AFC championship game, if Buffalo and Kansas city met there, I just – I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all, so I'm glad that's not happening. Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Arrowhead Stadium for the second year in a row. It's going to be a lot of fun, and so is the NFC Championship game. Philadelphia and San Fran – and that's going to be a really, really good game. I'm excited for this weekend of football. And it's it's a depressing, too, because it's the last weekend of football uh, outside of the Super Bowl. But we know that's only one game. Uh, the other news is that the Pittsburgh Steelers continue to sign players to reserve and future contracts. And while there's no real need to talk about every single one, if it's a notable name, then it's notable here. And that means that, yes, a notable name was added, Quincy Roche. That is right, Quincy Rocher, the former... Draft pick, six round draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers two years ago. Uh, he spent time with Pittsburgh and then was signed by the New York Giants when he was not selected to make the 53 man roster. So uh, it, they were trying to probably get him on the practice squad. They're giving him a chance. I like the signing. I liked Roche when they drafted him. Uh, I thought that he could be a good, valuable depth piece. Maybe not. Uh, the the true third rotational piece that fans want to see at that outside linebacker position, but I think that he'll at least be given the opportunity to be quality depth at the outside linebacker position, and I, I got to believe that he's every bit as good as Jameer Jones and even Malik Reed. Because Malik Reed didn't do much this year either when he came in to spell uh, anyone, whether it's T.J. Watt's injury or Alex Highsmith when he needed a break. So there's the news. There is the news, and let's dive headfirst into this podcast. So the, the Steelers quarterback situation—that's what I want to talk about today. The Steelers quarterback situation. Kenny Pickett, we know about him. Talked about him at length. What would have happened if he didn't get his shot? I did that on Monday. Go back and check it out. What I wanted to do today was to talk about the Steelers quarterback situation. Situ- Let me start again. The Steelers quarterback situation among the AFC North Division. Because honestly, that's what a lot of people are curious about. Everyone says, oh, it's all about the AFC. Well, yeah, it is, but you got to get out of your division first. So uh, what I did is I took a look at the quarterbacks. It's all about the quarterbacks right now. Not that that's the only thing that matters, but right now we're just talking about the quarterbacks. And so where does Pittsburgh's quarterback situation stack up when you're comparing them to Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati? What I want to do though, before I I get into that, think about how drastically this has changed in just one calendar year. I mean, just think about it. I mean, Go back to last year, Ben Roethlisberger loses his playoff game in the wildcard round against Kansas City, in Kansas City, and he retires. Everyone knew he was going to retire. And everyone, fans, organizationally, is left wondering the same thing. Now what? Now what are we going to do? And now what are they going to do? Who are they going to bring in? So they bring in Mr. Biscay, they draft Kenny Pickett, and even then, we're all wondering, is this it? Is, it? is this what is this? Is this the best that we have? Is this going to work out? Is it, all of those questions abound, and rightfully so. But when you looked around the division, that was different. You know, Baker Mayfield was still with Cleveland, sort of. Baltimore, wondering how they were going to handle that fifth year option for Lamar Jackson. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, they seemed like they were in the best best situation. Now, after 2022, well, a lot of stuff has changed. A lot of stuff has changed. Let's start with Baltimore. So the Lamar Jackson situation is, is very intriguing to me. Not just because I live in Maryland, but because Lamar Jackson is representing himself. He doesn't have an agent. Now, players like Roquan Smith on the Ravens have negotiated a good, fair deal, very lucrative deal with not having representation. I get it. But Lamar Jackson continues to turn down big money deals. I think the last reported contract I saw was $130 million, close to that in guaranteed money. R- rumors are, the reports are that he said no thanks. I know. He said no thanks. The latest rumor or speculative report is from ESPN saying that maybe the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson to Atlanta. And if he goes to Atlanta, then the Ravens would be getting some draft picks and obviously they would be able to probably draft a quarterback in a very quarterback friendly class that a lot of people say is markedly better than last year's class. But how this, how the Ravens are going to handle this situation is going to be very intriguing because one of two things has become clear. Either they're going to part ways with him. Or they're going to have to pay him a ton of money, whether that's via the franchise tag or whether that's by paying him a huge guaranteed money contract. That is what he wants. It's obvious it's what he wants. So we'll see how this plays plays out. But if Baltimore were to part ways with Lamar Jackson, who do they have? Who do they go with? Tyler Huntley? Really? I always reference my friend who's a Raven season ticket holder. And he was always of the ilk that would say, they can win with Huntley. At the end of the season, he said, no, nah, he's not it. So this is going to be interesting. This is going to be really interesting. When Lamar Jackson was winning the Most Valuable Player Award, everyone thought, crap, the Ravens have their quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. Maybe they don't. We'll see. Let's go to Cleveland. When you go to the, talk about the Cleveland Browns, you're talking about Deshaun Watson, Is that deal going to come back and haunt that franchise? That's a question that I ask. Is it going to come back and haunt the franchise? They gave up so much. The the draft capital that they sent to Houston, just remarkable. The contract that they paid him, over $250 billion guaranteed. You wonder why Lamar is turning down the $130. It's probably because Deshaun Watson got $250. That contract... Rumors were when he, they made the deal that NFL owners were furious. They were furious that they made that deal. Why? Because now that sets a new standard at the quarterback position. Nonetheless, you have to also wonder about the long layoff. Deshaun Watson, when he came back off his suspension, he had been gone for well over a year and hadn't played football in the National Football League. He was three and three. Played in six games, 3-3 three and three to finish, was very mediocre at best. It makes you wonder, is the long layoff going to equate to Russell Wilson 2.0? I mean, the the Denver Broncos gave up a king's ransom for Russell Wilson from Seattle, and that did not pan out at least in year one. Now, Russell Wilson did start to show some signs of life by the end of the season, but still, I think there's probably a large majority of the Denver Broncos fan base that is thinking, what did they trade for? They traded for this guy, so with Cleveland, they have their wagon hitched to Deshaun Watson one way or the other. You sign this guy to this ridiculous contract. You trade so much to get him. You are locked to this guy for the extended future. Will it work out? We'll see, but the Cleveland Browns, they knew he was going to get suspended this year, and they said, we don't care. We know that we, they think they have their guy for the next 10 years. We'll see if that pans out. It would be very Cleveland-like for it not to. Now, Cincinnati, you talk about a great position, but it can get murky after this season. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, two quarterbacks from the same draft class, are now eligible to receive extensions. This is the same timeline that the Kansas City Chiefs gave an extension to Patrick Mahomes. They can still use the fifth-year option on the player, but they can extend the contract beyond that option and hopefully save them some money in the long term. I think a lot of these organizations are looking at these type of quarterbacks and saying, why wait to give a quarterback that you trust and you think is going to be good and if Joe Burrow I mean you think about it he was in the Super Bowl last year back in the AFC Championship championship game this year I would say that most people wouldn't believe him to be a flash in the pan so you before the price tag continues to go up Maybe you sign him to a deal and make the, it becomes a bargain. Like I'm sure Patrick Mahomes contract eventually will be viewed as a steal of a deal considering how all the other contracts are going up, but eventually whether they hold off on Burroughs deal or not, it's going to, it's going to be a welcome to the cap heavy quarterback contract, Cincinnati. When you think about what they were able to do along the offensive line last offseason with their salary cap space, a large portion or a large reason for that was because they could pay Joe Burrow piddlings for a rookie contract, and they can go out and spend the money elsewhere. Well, just like the Steelers had to deal with for all those years with Ben Roethlisberger, eventually Cincinnati's going to have that 35 to million dollars quarterback hit on their salary cap. And that's a game changer because now you can't keep everyone. That's when all of a sudden the T Higgins is not going to be able to be back because they're going to have to let him go. They can't afford him. That's when you talk about one of their safeties, Von Bell, Jesse Bates. Someone's going to have to go. Can't afford him. Maybe it's Joe Mixon wants a new deal. Can't afford him. He's got to go. And all of a sudden you start to see the roster start to slowly, I'm not going to say deteriorate, deteriorate. But it definitely weakens. We'll put it that way. So while Cincinnati's quarterback spot and their overall situation might be the best in the division, at the same time, you can see that it's coming. The salary cap hit is coming. And they're going to pay him because they have to pay him because they're not going to part ways with him. So Joe Burrow, that makes things interesting in Cincinnati. And that that extension could happen as early as this offseason. And then you look at Pittsburgh. How does Pittsburgh How does Pittsburgh stack up? Kenny Pickett, year two going into 2023. How did how do they stack up? Are they a team that is capable of you know putting their name in the same hat as a Lamar Jackson, a Deshaun Watson, a Joe Burrow? Most fans would say no. Some fans would say yes. I mean Kenny Pickett played against Deshaun Watson in Week 18. He won that game, 28 to 14. He uh, played well in Baltimore. He didn't play against Lamar Jackson, and nor did he play against Deshaun Watson. They were going head to head. You get my drift. Um, he didn't beat Joe Burrow. It was Mitch Trubisky in Week One that beat Joe Burrow, but still, uh, the Steelers lost that game, the second meeting, 37 to 30. And Kenny Pickett didn't play horribly. So it's one of those situations where I look at the Steelers quarterback situation, and I don't know if I'm going to put them as the worst. i got to think Baltimore is the worst right now, based on the fact that if they're going to keep Lamar Jackson, it's going to come at a price. And if they're not going to keep him, they're going to have to trade. And if they trade, they're probably going to end up having to draft a quarterback, in which case they're going to be starting all over. And the Steelers would already... have that process started, and therefore, I feel like they'd be a little bit ahead of the curve. So the one thing that I have to keep in mind here, though, when you talk about quarterbacks, I'm just talking about the quarterback position. How much does it matter? Well, I'm going to reference everyone. I'm going to tell everyone to go listen to Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor podcast on Tuesday, because it would be a great prequel before hearing this podcast, because while the quarterback position is important, it's not the be-all, end-all. There's so many more factors and Jeffrey dives into those, whether it's the running game, whether it's a dominant defense, all of those things matter. And even if you go back to Monday's show with Chris Carter, what Chris Carter was blatantly telling the fan base if you paid attention was it's not all about the coaching staff. The Steelers have to improve their roster on offense and defense. It's in the trenches. They have to fortify the lines, and once they do that, is when you should see this team go back to contender status. Will they do it this off season? I don't know. But when it comes to the quarterback situation, I'm pretty high on the Steelers situation. I would rank it right there with Cleveland, based on Deshaun Watson's mediocre play in his layoff. I'd remark it right there with with Baltimore, maybe even above. Not going to go to Cincinnati. But I don't think it's as dire as it was a year ago. The Steelers fan base should be happy with the way that they're heading. And that's a good thing heading into 2023. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back after that break, I'm going to answer every single question in the mailbag. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of Wednesday's podcast. It is time for the mailbag in case you didn't know, or maybe you're a new listener to the program. All you have to do is find my Twitter feed at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And once you do that, You'll see every Tuesday morning I put out a tweet with a GIF. I've been using Tommy Boy GIFs recently because I think it's hysterical. And you respond to that tweet, and I'll answer your question. Let's get this show on the road with Nathan Van Slyke. He says, hey, Jeff, hope you're having a good hump day. Thank you very much. He said, I've heard that Kenny is already back in the film room and even playing to go, planning to go work out with his old number one receiver from Pitt this offseason. Do you think the Steelers should consider drafting Addison in the upcoming draft? All right, so yes, Kenny Pickett is back, wrote that article for the website. He sat down with Dale Lolly of Pittsburgh Steelers.com, and he told Dale Lolly, look, I took like three days off. My fiance's like, you got to go do something. You're driving me nuts. So he's going, He's back in the gym, and he's back in the facility. He's a junkie. That's what you can tell. As for the Addison I'm going to go with what Chris Carter said. He said it on Monday show, and I really thought it was poignant. He said there's going to be these type of receivers every draft. Think about George Pickens in round two last year. He said they, the Steelers can pass on this receiver early in the draft now. They can find another one. They have other positions of need that trump wide receiver. I agree, and that's how I'm going to answer it. Good question. Cody, uh Shield1991, says that position group could benefit – What position group could benefit from a veteran free agent this offseason? Also, where can I get one of the BTSC flags? All right, first, the wide receiver position, I think, can still benefit from a veteran. If they can find one at the right price, that's not going to come in and Deontay Johnson's going to feel threatened or anything. That's on offense. On defense, I feel like uh, the veteran presence could come... Maybe a cornerback. I know Cam Sutton was that guy, but if they could get a free agent corner, I think that would help the secondary a lot. That's for the BTSC flags. Well, you got to hit up Dave Schofield. He's the one that had those made. You have to ask him where he got them from. Tank asked several questions. Let's see if we can find them all. Here we go. Do you think the Bengals manhandling everyone is sustainable, or can Kenny Pickett evolve into a multiple-touchdown-a-game quarterback? Uh, I, I do think that, for me, – um, when I look at man handling everyone is I think the Bengals are going to be good for a while but Kenny Pickett yeah he can evolve into a multiple touchdown quarterback also Tank asks, either or, Dave offers you a spare ticket to a Steelers game where you do the post game from the parking lot, or Bad offers you a George Pickens jersey to wear with the mask for the rest of the season. I would go to the game and do the, the post game in the parking lot. I think that'd be a lot of fun, actually. Tank also said, the Steelers seem to have fixed the groin injuries this year. Do you think they need to now work on the hamstrings, or is it just different year-to-year injury bug? When you think about it and and when you look at how the teams label injuries, I think it all depends. You know, the groin muscle, there's people that could have lower abdominal injuries and it's labeled as a, you know, as labeled as a groin. A groin could be a sports hernia. It could be as simple as just a simple groin pull. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They didn't have as many groin injuries this year. The hamstrings seem to be an issue. Who knows? I I wish I had a clue, but if I'm not in the training rooms, I have no idea. Tank, last question. Final question of the four. Are you ever going to do a ever going to do a pick a fan contest to be a guest on a show? I could do that. For sure we could do that. Uh have to figure out how we would narrow it down. Let me let me think on that. Let me uh put the old noggin to to, to the test and see if we can do that. Have a guest on the show. That'd be fun. All right. Brandon Colburn said, would you like to see the yellow helmets with the black stripes make a comeback in the future? I think the yellow helmets would look great with the color rush uniforms. I I don't, I don't buy the whole color rush with the yellow helmets because I think color rush, what makes them look awesome is the all black. Um, I would liked those uniforms with the yellow helmets. I still just give me the block numbers and give me a gray freaking face mask. Like, that's all I want to see just one time. I might see it one time and say, man, I don't like that. And then I don't want to see it again. But when I see Miami go with the gray, and that looks pretty good, I see other teams flashing out the gray face mask, and it looks pretty good. I'm like, man, can't they just do it one time? Like, that's all I want to see. The gray face mask one time. Brian Haynes asked several, what needs to happen for the Steelers to be able to draft... What needs to happen for us to be able to draft best player available at 17? Well, I think some of those needs that they have are going to have to be met in free agency, if I'm being honest. They did it last year. I thought they did it well. They kind of checked every box before the draft. And then even after the draft was when they signed Demonte KZ. I think they signed Shrel Edmonds shortly after. They got to go through and they have to have their team needs and be like, okay, we can't bank on these being draft picks. We got to bring in some free agents. You know, last year they signed Mitch Trubisky early, Mason Cole, James Daniels. They re-signed Chuksa for uh, Miles Jack, and they're just like checking boxes left and right. They need to do it again. Brian's next one. Jeff, do you see Kenny Pickett as the answer for the future? I do. I really do. I think he is that guy for the next, well, at least his rookie contract. And the hope is that he proves himself to earn a second contract. Next one from Brian. What are the chances the Steelers trade in the draft up or down? This is going to be, if I'm saying the chances or the odds, I think they're increased. Not just because of the draft, the way it worked out, and the Bears getting the top pick, therefore the Steelers have pick number 32. Not just that. I think that the chances are higher also because of omar khan omar khan being there all of a sudden now you're thinking okay with this now you're like wow like we could maybe see something different it's not kevin colbert so keep that in mind good questions though doc m says how does omar compare to colbert after one season what moves does he need to make to solidify his position as a top gm in the league so far i like what omar khan has done He was the guy that brought in Larry Ogunjobi. He's the one that gave the contract to Minka Fitzpatrick, to Chris Boswell, and even Deontay Johnson's contract I thought was well written. It didn't break the bank, and even though it might be a little inflated, it's still not bad. What he needs to do is he and Andy Weidel, Weidel, however you say it, need to knock these picks out of the ballpark. Start and by having a great draft. If he can draft well and still make the moves that he does, and you think about the trade for Chase Claypool, phenomenal first year for him, but I still want to see it in the draft. Diego Fernandez says, After the Raiders game, I asked if the run defense was fixed, and you said you wanted to watch the last few games. Now that the season's over, was the run defense fixed in the end? If our defensive line stays as it is for next season, should the Steelers still address defensive line as a primary need need via the draft? Cheers. If you can keep Larry Ogunjobi, all right, DeMarvin Leal's back, Isaiah Loudermilk's back, I'm going to assume that Tyson Aluoglu is not back and Cam Hayward is back, then I still think you want to address defensive line early in the draft because you want to keep those horses in that stable full. You don't want that cupboard going bare. As for the run defense, I would say that yes, in a way it was fixed. But you know, Cleveland also, in in the last final week game of the season, they sure did help the Steelers out a lot. Nick Chubb was breaking off yards, six yard runs at a time, and they just stopped running the ball for whatever reason. I don't know why, but they did. But I like the way they finished the season. Good question. Tendercat asked a couple questions. See if I can find the first one. Uh <laughs> Tendercat says, uh just as a reminder, I can't stand Joe Burrow. I hate that guy. I know you're not alone, Tendercat. You're not alone. Also, I feel like no one on the Steelers has big enough cojones to hurt anyone's feelings. Cough, cough, Canada's. Yes, the offense looked better. However, I believe it is the players getting better, not Canada's play calling. Call me crazy. I still want him gone. You may want him gone, but he's not going to be gone. And this is one of the difficult parts of being a fan. We might think we know what's best for the team, but ultimately the team knows what's best for the team. And in this case, if they think that he's worthy of keeping around, we got to suffer through it. We'll see if it gets better. Fingers crossed. Hopefully it does. Lou asks, I would prioritize the lines and cornerback in free agency and the draft, but I miss having fearsome linebackers like Debo. Levon Kirkland, Greg Lloyd, all the way back to Jack Lambert. Has the need for coverage capable linebackers reduced the need for such thumpers? I want that attitude back. I think that what you need in my opinion, like for Devin Bush to be successful even if he never hurt his knee, he needed a more solid back next linebacker next to him. So when Devin Bush and Vince Williams were both healthy, and Devin Bush prior prior to his knee injury, That was the best duo you could think of. You have the thumper. You have the coverage backer. That's what you would love to see. Otherwise, I think you still want that thumper. For instance, Mark Robinson could be that guy, but then you need to find a coverage linebacker. It's tough. It's tough the way that offenses are abusing linebackers, but that's just the way that it goes. Bartholomew Grapp says, During free agency, who would you sign on offense and defense to try and help the Steelers if you were the GM? So, in terms of bringing in outside players, I'm just starting to look at those. Uh, I've been writing a top 10 free agent list. I've done done quarterback and safety. Now I need to start diving into like receivers and upcoming pending free agents and cornerback. All those things I have to start diving into. I'm not really sure who is about to hit free agency in terms of other teams. If I were to sign some of the Steelers' own free agents, I would say on offense. Trying to think. Miles Boykin would be one, even though it'd be probably a cheap contract. He's a good special teams player. I think he brings value there on defense. Give me Terrell Edmonds. I'd love KZ back as well. Cam Sutton could be another one. If I were the GM, I'd try to keep as many as I could. All right. Memsburg. Hey, Jeff. OG ride or die crew here. No question. I'm calling it now. The 2023 Steelers will be on hard knocks. Oh gosh. Rich team history. Mike Tomlin and his sayings, ex defensive player of the year and a young quarterback, Kenny Pickett with a young talented offense, adding the Canada drama. I feel it's the perfect recipe. The sad thing is, is that I could see it. That's the sad thing. Uh, you know, it's one of those situations where I don't want them on hard knocks. Are you kidding me? I don't want him on hard knocks. No way. Okay, I missed this one from Tendercat. says, Jeff, is it wrong for me to hope the Bengals make it to the Super Bowl just so I can hope to see Joe Burrow lose again? For no reason, no good reason, I just can't stand that freaking guy. Maybe it's because he walks around like he has a golden sack. <laughs> Sincerely, a bungle hater. Hey, you can feel however you want about these players. A lot of people hate the Bengals. Trust me. All right, Corey Eckenrod says you're in a motel bed and housekeeping keeps knocking while offering towels, pillow fluffing, and other questionable services. Do you ignore her, dreaming of a max of maximizing your brake pad sales, or invite her in for some Deshaun Watson shenanigans? <laughs> the reason why Corey is asking this is the gift that I used is from Tommy Boy. When obviously David Spade is outside the hotel room and he uses the key and he knocks, and goes housekeeping. And he says, no housekeeping needs sleepy. And then obviously Chris Farley gets up and he's in his underwear and he goes, Richard, don't run from your feelings. Uh, So to answer your question, um, I would choose the one that is dreaming of maximizing my brake pad sales for Callahan Brake Pads in Sandusky, Ohio. All right, Kyle Stone. I know William Jackson has a big cap hit next year. Why does everyone make it seem like it's a foregone conclusion he'll be cut? It seems like the Steelers like to, pl- like to play a lot of man, and he excels in man coverage. Kyle, I think the Steelers would probably like to have him back, but just not at that much money. Not for that big of a cap hit. So I think the Steelers either try to renegotiate a deal, a new deal, an extension that would get that cap hit down, or they let him go and try to re-sign him at a cheaper price. It's a risk, but I think that it's one that they're willing to make. You just can't have a guy like that. You've never even seen him play on the field. You haven't even seen him play on the field yet in a black and gold uniform. You can't have him costing you $12 million in a cap hit. Just can't do it. Caleb Guy said, what's the the thing you're looking forward to the most in the 2023 season? Easy. Can the Steelers' offense continue to run the football the way they did at the end of the season? That's what I want to see. Ryan Good, Super Bowl prediction. I'm just going to go with teams here. Okay, With teams, I'm going to have you're going to some people are going to hate this. Actually, you no, know I'm going to change it last second. I don't want to get too far into this. Cause we'll talk about it with Jeremy Betts on Friday. I'm not going to give you my AFC team yet, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles win and they're the NFC. So I've, you have to check it out on Friday. A little bit of teaser there. Last question from Brandon Diaz. He said, if the Steelers sign a good cornerback during free agency, what are the odds they draft Kenny's old wide receiver, Jordan Addison with the 17th pick? I don't know if they would take a first round pick. On him. Addison. I I love the guy. I think it'd be a great storyline. Be great to reconnect those two playmakers, but at the same time, I just don't see it happening. I think there's just more pressing needs in wide receiver. And the Steelers have proven time and time again they can still get value on day two at the position. So that's just my own take. The Steelers with Omar Khan, no one knows what to expect. We all think we know, but we have no clue because everything we're basing it off of, especially with the draft. And that was Kevin Colbert, not Omar Khan. All right, everyone. That was, those are good questions. Good questions. Thank you for participating in those. For my Ride or Die crew, you all are the best. Make sure you check me out on Friday. I'm going to have Jeremy Drone Betts back on the show. We're going to talk NFC, AFC Championship games. We're going to be our picks for those games. I'm going to have my heart-to-heart as well as a whole lineup of shows, so make sure you check that out. In the meantime, you know how we finish it up. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Friday. Peace